Welcome to this episode of Law Radio. This is the Meta Podcast episode where Melissa Caston and I will be talking in a podcast about podcasting. This is preparation for our presentation at the forthcoming conference of the Australasian Law Teachers Association in Wellington in early July. And we thought that because we'd be talking about podcasting and the benefits of podcasting as part of a panel session on technologies in legal education, that it might be instructive to actually prepare a podcast about podcasting, hence the Meta Podcast. In the first part of this podcast, I'll be talking about a bit of the context and background for podcasting in higher education, and then I'll hand over to my friend and colleague, Melissa Caston, who'll outline just a few tips for getting started uh, with your own podcasts as a legal educator. Here we are then. Now, podcasting has been around for quite a while. Uh, It was reported in The Guardian in 2004 as an audible revolution. And it arose out of the advent of the iPod and new supporting technologies. This effectively created what we might think of as radio on demand not just the capacity to download an audio file from the internet, but for your iPod or your other device to automatically or download and stream these audio uh, recordings. So the podcast was born and it didn't take long for higher education to get in on the act. But it did take until 2008 for the release of the first MOOC, the Massive Open Online Course. So in the interim, between that 2004 and the advent of podcasting and the first MOOC, what we saw was uh, the advent of technologies within learning management systems, such as uh, uh, Blackboard, uh, to enable podcasts to be part of the higher education experience. So I experimented with these pretty much as soon as the technology became available. I did short five-minute overviews of the week's class and what we had canvassed in class, and I made these available as podcasts. So if students subscribed to this podcast, it meant that each week their iPod would automatically download the podcast that had been prepared and I had a lot of really positive feedback about this so students said it was the most valuable learning tool that they'd had at university. I had other students say to me that it was great while they were on their run to be listening to music and all of a sudden they'd be hearing about land law uh, in these five minute grabs and it was a really good way to engage with the materials. But once we started on the MOOCs and we started on lecture capture in higher education, we sort of lost the flavour of the capacity of the podcast itself as a genre. Indeed, we frequently talk about podcasts or vodcasts, which are simply 
no more than audio or video files that are available for download. The difference is the automatic download as opposed to the, uh, to the conscious choice to go and find a file and then download it. And this is reflected in the literature that we see on the use of podcasting in higher education. So when the technology first came out, there was a fair bit of literature around about the use of podcasting, but that was overtaken as we became enamored of these other forms of learning technologies and the blended learning environment. But podcasting has enjoyed a renaissance in the last couple of years. So last year there was the uh, the program called Serial that went viral across the globe and this really heralded the or, or cemented in fact uh, the capacity of the podcast as a genuinely engaging medium uh, that people were um, taking up uh, both for recreational and for learning purposes on a massive scale. So in fact, podcasting in one sense is the new blogging. It's a way to get your ideas out into the marketplace uh, to have a dedicated band of followers who are prepared to listen to what you have to say and prepared to listen to your ideas. So what uh, Melissa and I have been doing is to play around with this idea of the podcast as part of this global festival of ideas and to seek to interpret this medium in the context of learning law in a uh, prescribed course of study, but also and further to our work on using other social media to engage not just students but the general public through uh, using or seeing the podcast as a means by which we can extend our reach as academics into the public sphere. Thanks Kate. I'm going to run through the basic steps for setting up your podcast. At its simplest, podcasting can be recording your lecture materials or summaries onto your phone or computer and uploading it onto your learning management system. But to make a more sophisticated podcast that reaches a wider audience, there's a few additional steps. There's lots of simple how-to instructions available on the internet. Some of them are more complicated and some are quite basic. But at the simplest level, you'll need a microphone, a computer, some recording and editing software and access to the internet. And I'm going to assume you've got access to those things. The key steps are going to be planning, equipment, recording, uploading and promotion. So step one is planning. Before you press the record button, there's a couple of steps to prepare for your podcast. What's the format of your podcast going to look like? What's, the, what's your podcast going to say? Podcasts can take all sorts of forms. It can be a solo show. You can have co-hosts. You could have special guests and interviews. There's a whole variety there. But a typical format is two or three hosts and sometimes one guest. Um, if you're recording the podcast for teaching purposes, it's going to be fine to have a single person. Your best bet for a podcast that sounds organised and professional is to practice beforehand and figure out what you're going to say 
and come up with an outline for your recording. You might be basing this on your lecture notes, or you might be more casual and conversational. You don't have to actually script things out. But if you're going to use your podcast for supporting class activities, then it may be easier to have a script, and then you'll reliably cover all the materials that you need. But you don't have to. You can just have a roadmap for where you're headed and go for it. So at least in terms of arranging a podcast, you should try and have an introduction that says who you are and what you're going to talk about in the, in the specific episode. And you might have some introductory music and repeat that for each show so listeners will identify the jingle with your show. You also would like to probably have some closing remarks and recap what you've covered, thanking the audience and any guests that you have, and talk about what the next episode is going to offer. And again, you can use that jingle for the closing music. Step two is get a microphone. There's a lot of advice about microphones, but start simple and upgrade later if you need to. People do say that audio quality depends on the microphone, and the better microphone you get, the sharper your podcast is going to sound. But we suggest you just get a good enough microphone. Now, you might be able to borrow this from work or from a friend, but if you're serious about doing a series of podcasts, you should have a reliable USB microphone and headset that's a combo. These sell for about $50 to $60, and they're good if you're doing a podcast alone. If you're doing a podcast with a number of people in the same location, you probably need a standalone mic, and it's going to be about the same price. Step three is recording. For the actual recording and editing, you need audio editing software. There's a free and open resource called Audacity, which makes audio recording and editing very simple. And we use that in this podcast. There's other professional tools that you can pay for, or you may have access through at work, such as Adobe Audition or Avid Pro Tools. And you might even have GarageBand installed if you use a Mac. And when it comes time to do the actual recording, the easiest solution we've found is to record directly into Audacity. And that's very straightforward and it has very clear instructions and tutorials available. You use your USB mic plugged into your computer. You also then edit within Audacity. And we suggest you do a few sample recordings and practice editing before you work on the final product. You must, as always, remember to save your work, and in this case, in Audacity, you export it as an MP3 file. You can call up your co-hosts or guests via Skype or Google Hangouts or Zoom or any other online meeting platform. You'll need to record that call, and when you're finished, use Audacity or other software to process the interview and make it ready for publication. Step four is upload. When you've finished recording and editing and producing your podcast, you can upload it to any number of hosting sites, such as SoundCloud or Libsyn, Stitcher, Blueberry. There's many different ones. If your podcast is only for your students' use, you may decide to just upload to your learning management system, such as Moodle or Blackboard, or you might upload it to your blog or academic web page. This will mean it has limited accessibility and won't gain a broad audience. But if you do decide to do that, you won't need the next few steps. If you are intending to reach a broader audience, you'll need to do step five, which is set up iTunes and other directories. Your podcast needs to be on a podcasting hosting service or directory so it can be found by a wider audience and delivered straight to them. iTunes is the most popular and has the largest reach. There are specific steps that you need to take to get onto iTunes and there are easy instructions available to help you do that. You need to search for them online. But what you will need is to provide your podcast title. 
your author name and description and cover art for your book podcast. iTunes uses those specific fields for search functions. Now it can take 24 hours or longer to get your podcast added to iTunes and your podcast is reviewed. You can then follow the same upload process for the other directories. We suggest that you consider waiting to submit your podcast to iTunes until you've got a few episodes ready. If you submit only one episode it makes it less likely that people will subscribe and find your podcast. So record maybe three or four episodes before you start trying to grow the audience. Step six relates to this, it's promotion. Promoting and sharing of your podcast will depend on the site where you upload and also what your intentions are. Some platforms like SoundCloud and Libsyn build in the sharing process that allows you to share straight to Twitter or Facebook and other social media platforms. Embedding audio in a blog is also a very good way to sync your podcast with your blog content and you might consider providing a transcript of the podcast or a list of the main topics and resources that you use in addition to the podcast on your blog page. This can be helpful for search engine optimization and accessibility. So in conclusion we've run through the ways that academics use podcasts and some basic steps for setting up your podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this meta-podcast has been a useful introduction to you. If you're interested in more of our podcasting work, head to our blog at www.lawradio.net and follow the links. And remember, you can follow Kate Galloway and myself, Melissa Caston, on Law Radio, on iTunes and SoundCloud. See you next time.